of Man TT Radio, fueled by Monster Energy. Attention Paddock Preview Show, powered by RST. Good afternoon and welcome to the TT Grandstand and to Isle of Man TT Radio, fueled by Monster Energy. We'll be here now right through the TT Festival 2019 on 1368 AM, 87.9 FM in Douglas, 100.6 FM in the north of the island and around the world online at iomttracers.com, keeping you right up to date with everything that happens as it happens at TT 2019. We start with our brand new preview show, Attention Paddock, brought to you by RL360, which will be on air each and every practice and race day. Unfortunately, the news is disappointing tonight. Practice is cancelled at TT 2019 because of the weather. Rain moved in earlier this afternoon and missed with it, which means, unfortunately, no chance to get the superbikes and the big machines out on the course tonight. What it does mean is we can have a chance to preview the action that's going to come up over the next couple of weeks. And we've assembled a final cast here. We're going to bring in some riders as well along the way. But to start with, we've got Patrick Ferrant, sidecar expert, who's joining the team. Phil Wayne, top BSB and TT statistician and journalist. Richard Milky Quayle, who's known to everybody, TT Connected, and of course, Isle of Man, TT Radio's own Chris Palmer. And we're about to be joined by Lee Johnston and Dean Harrison, and a little bit later, hopefully, by John Holden as well. So we're going to have plenty to chew through. Let's wander around the table. Chris Palmer, what are you looking forward to at TT 2019 most? Uh, well, after seeing the lap times from the first session, 106 mile an hour from a 600, I can't wait to see the big bikes. You know, super stock or super bike, I think we're going to see some awesome lap times. It's just a shame we can't get them out because they, their race day is the first race day. Yep. It's coming. They are the bikes that need the most practice time. Well, I was just going to say exactly that. Unfortunately, yeah, the super bikes do take the most setting up. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, you know, looking at what we've seen so far, you know, yesterday was a great session, even though it was really windy and blustery. But, you know, the guys put on a great show, 106 mile an hour. Awesome. Absolutely superb, wasn't it, Milky? It's 106, what am I talking about? 126. we'll let you off for Dean. What am I talking about? around. He'd, he'd correct you if he's here. But uh, it was a superb way to start the meeting, and a lot of the riders were saying it was better than having that Saturday night session. Oh, yeah, definitely, Chris. You know, um, following on from last year, you know, we had a spectacular year last year, you know, lap records out the, out the, out the pole park. Um, to then to come to this year, um, obviously, we're weather-dependent. That was the thing. That's why I think that's why last year there were so many records set because the track was in such good condition. The boys had plenty of lap times. They could get up to speed nice and slowly and gradually get faster and faster and faster. I mean, looking at the weather this year, unfortunately, um, it doesn't look too as if it's, we're going to be in that situation for this year. But, you know, just the boys have just got to maximise the practice time they get and get out there. I mean, that's what the lads did last night. They were getting five, six laps in, some of the lads. So, you know, you've just got to, whatever time you've got, you've got to use to your, to, to your own advantage. So, I mean, the, that first night's ace as well because you've, you've got a nice long session. You've got the slower bikes as well. So it, you can you give a little bit more time for your brain to get up to speed because ultimately that's the thing, you know, you're practising... To, to get your bike set up but also practicing to get your brain set up that's the, that's the most important because you're carrying so much speed around here that's the thing with the Isle of Man it's, you know, it, it's so so fast it's super fast so you, you, your brain does actually need time to, to get up to speed and, and you know, the, the slower bikes are really good for that all our brains do and uh, yesterday afternoon there was no shortage of stats already to talk about Phil yeah well, I think like Chris said 126 first night out of practice that's pretty impressive but pretty much not what we expect sorry not the least what we expected from Dean really given what he did last year that was I think we always knew he was going to come out and hit the ground running this year sort of thing that was the kind of uh, strategy he used last year if you like and he's done the same again really puts down a marker early as well 
um, signals his intentions and like Milky said as well he's got six laps in already on the super sport, super sport bike so he can just park that now and concentrate on the big bikes for the rest of the week. The guys you do feel for Patrick are the sidecar guys who have a similar Saturday race day looming potentially and haven't yet been on the course and won't now be until Tuesday, late Tuesday at the earliest. Yeah it's disappointing for the sidecars, um, the newcomers got a run out yesterday thankfully so they've got their heads up on that but um, no, the, the boys, um, they'll be ready to go whenever it's going. It's just it's such a difficult uh, decision for the for the organisers to make when the weather's like that. And what do you do? They've got the options now to run Thursday and Friday, I believe, in the afternoon as well as the evening. Um, so they've got that chance to, to get extra practice sessions in then. Yeah, those contingencies in there. We tried to use those contingencies at the Classic TT last year. and It didn't quite work out. The rain kept arriving at just the wrong time. This week's forecast is a little bit mixed, but let's hope it picks up come race week so let's dive into these races then and the superbike race chris will uh, we'll bring in the guys in a minute but yep. um, there's so many different storylines this year going into that superbike race with the bmws the new kawasaki the new yep. bmw honda we're not quite sure where they are michael dunlop coming back there's just so many storylines going into one it's almost impossible to call isn't it? it it is you know but you know realistically you've got to sort of go by last year's uh results you know the, the guy like you said the guys are going to be hit the ground running dean harrison Hickman, uh, you know, Michael Dunlop, you know, th those guys are going <clears> to, <throat> they've come here with the intention to try and win, haven't they? And uh, for us to see, you know, it's going to be a great thing for us to see. And the guys are all doing short circuits now, so they're going to be short circuit sharp, which is obviously a great place to be as, from a rider's perspective. Yeah, last year, Phil, seemed to, on the stats certainly, it seemed to suggest that there was Michael uh, Dunlop, Peter Hickman and Dean Harrison, and then a little bit of a gap to the rest. It's how the rest can breach that gap, isn't it? <coughs> yeah, I think like everyone's coming to the, uh, this year's TT expecting those three to be the standout performers and they are the men to beat. There's no getting away from that and the rest have to make a big improvement in their times to get up to those kind of speeds and finding 20 seconds when you're 133 mile an hour to get up to the 135, that's not going to happen overnight either. But then again, the riders that are trying to bridge that gap have the consistency of staying with the same teams and manufacturers like Connor, James Hillier. You know, they're trying, yeah. and whether the weather that we've got at the moment can play into their hands as well because they know what to expect from the bikes that they've got already rather than someone like Peter Hickman, for example, he might be doing 135 mile an hour last year, but with the new BMW, they had overheating issues at the Northwest 200. They had brake issues at Donington this last weekend. So there's still little teething problems that they've got there. The bikes only they've only had the bikes for two months. So there's a lot to do. It's not as clear cut as what we all think it might be. No, it's potentially more wide open, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, it is. And I was just going to mention there the Connor Cummins thing with the Honda. The Honda seems to be going really well now. It was really quick through the speed traps at the Northwest. Connor seems in a real good place right now. We saw at the weekend at Donnett and the Honda was right up at the sharp end. So obviously they found something as well, which is great to see. And we mentioned Hillier as well, didn't we? I mean, you know, James looks so relaxed and so chilled and, and obviously had a great Northwest 200. He's on a great, great bike with a great team. He's got, uh, you know, continuity with his team as well he's been with them how long now is it 10 11, years what? 11, 11 years, years. Yeah. so yeah you know he's in his own little family as is connor with the pagets team you know so yeah it's all it's all boards well all good for us I, I think as well coming to james i mean like you say he's been with the same team for 11 years now and stuff but he's also got he's got this tag for being mr consistent which mm. he undoubtedly is but the way he rode at the northwest 200 i think was a step up for james himself as he probably would admit as well like he was I've never seen James as confident as what he was there. So if anyone is going to step up and t to bridge that gap, I think he's in a real prime pace to do it. And again, Connor, because let's face it, 
Paget's team have got the Hondas working better than what the official Honda racing team have, or certainly in the last couple of years. So I think those two are the they're in the you know they've both been coming here now a long time the two of them as well so I think you know why not taking that uh, super stock out in the superbike race was an absolute masterstroke wasn't it basically yeah you know that, that's <laughs> the, th the thing with that but that, I mean ultimately the, the one person that we think we're, we're really leaving out here is Hutchie yeah. you know that's the thing I mean if I was a betting man that's the man I'd be putting my money on for sure I think everyone's written him off effectively you know but I think really do think that they've got had another year with that Honda they've developed a lot more um, Hutchie again he's such a hard trier he's fit now as well so Honestly, I think Hutchie's going to be right there. I really do. I think this, he's, he's going to be right pushing everyone right for the front. I mean, you know, like you say, Dino's your, your prime favourite. He's riding the, the bike again, the same team that he rode last year. He's dead happy with it. He's got the set in the bike straight away. I mean, I wouldn't put past Dean tomorrow night to go out and do a 133, 134 almost straight away out of the bat. So, But it, it's just, you know, it, it, the, 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 those little dark horses like, like Hutchie, I mean, you know, I really, I really think Hutchie can really pull the back. The thing as well, I think with Hutchie, He's done a lot of his work away from the prior eye, if you like, really. like As soon as he kind of stopped racing after last year's TT to go and get himself fit, he then went, he was testing all over the place sort of thing, which no one really knew about, like in these obscure or relatively obscure French circuits and things like that. He was really putting in the hard yards and the graphs. So it was only really when it got to the northwest this like this last week, really, that we got to actually see him. And obviously we didn't get to see him because of the weather and stuff. But I think you might be right. Whether or not you can still get to those top, 135 speeds I'm not quite sure but oh yeah when he came back after them five wins and they had his, his accident and then he came back and I don't think anybody really gave him a chance that year and he got another bag another couple of wins for himself I don't think you can ever write oh, Hutchie off I think no, he'll be a, you're, 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 I was going to say no one's going to be more yeah, determined yeah, yeah. so you know you've got the likes of Michael Dunlop as well that hasn't effectively ridden a bike for Months and months and months. So, and again, he the, what he did at the Northwest was amazing, really, considering he hadn't really written, turned a wheel on a bike. So, um, yeah, Michael's going to again another very very determined man. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be awesome. And John McGinnis coming back. We haven't mentioned John at all yet. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's lovely to see John back again. But yeah, I honestly don't think the Nortons are up, up to, to you know at one thirty two, one thirty three, possibly up to, to up to one thirty fives. I think that's a big ask of the Norton myself. But you know, it'd be lovely to see you know if anyone's going to do it, it'll be John. He'll 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 try his best for it. So. Yeah, interesting to see. It. Nice to see him out on the Super Twin last night as well. You know, it's a but it's effectively a new bike, and you can't come here really and, and effectively go on a brand new bike. It has to be like Chris was saying before. You know, the same team where you you're used to the the outfit, you're used to the bike, and you've got the setup ready to go. You just you need data from previous years, oh, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they were 28 mile an hour down through the speed trap at the Northwest 200, and you're not going to find that in the space of two weeks. So, on the lightweight bike anyway. So. Um, there's definitely work to do there, really. Well, and that's a quick preamble around the characters. Let's let Chris Palmer, who wants to get away for his tea, <laughs> I think, escape, and we'll bring in... These two boys aren't missing out on their practice here because yeah. Dean and Lee are both playing the PS4 game at the moment, so let's, uh, let's bring them in. If somebody could just pass a headset over to Lee. That'd be great. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Dean Harrison. All right, you well. Good evening, Lee Johnson. Hiya. No practice tonight, but... Um, some head on him on a Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> <laughs> messed his hair as well. Uh -huh. What's left of it, there's a bit there sticking up. <laughs> You'll be glad not to be heading down Bray Hill on the superbike tonight. Yeah, you, nobody wants to go roaring round in the rain, to be fair. It's not, not the best of conditions. No, absolutely. But uh, that aside, yesterday afternoon was superb, given the conditions. Uh, I don't know, they turned down. It's blowing my eardrums. 
No, you know, sorry. Sorry about <laughs> that. Uh, no, yeah, the, the conditions last night, uh, it were dry, don't get me wrong, but there were quite a lot of damp patches for and a lot of uh, greenery. Uh, there's, there's so much uh, like leaves, or not leaves, do you know, like uh, buds off the trees and flat flower heads and all sorts of just stuff like that floating around the track. It took sort of four laps for the track to sort of clean up and start to get a few black lines laid in. Uh, and the, the wind were just... I, I'm not, a few people said to me I eased off a bit. Maybe it did slightly towards the end, but it, it wasn't a massive amount of difference. So up on the mountain were, were really when you sort of turn into a windy corner, almost lent over before you got to your turning point. Uh, but it would just take it in your caution. You sort of just, you know before you get there, don't you? You've got a few steady laps under your belt. And you know what to expect and just go from there. So it wasn't a case of, Lee, you were carrying, arriving into corners and finding you were carrying way too much speed suddenly because of the wind? Yeah, not not especially on the mountain, not so much because it was all sort of normally side wind, like Dean said, at Windy Corner and places like that. And even towards the end of the mountain mile, the, obviously what's normally easily a flat out right on the 600, you were sort of the odd time a bit cautious because you could go two or three foot either way and try and tip in too early to preempt the wind and the wind wasn't there. So then you would actually tip in too early and stuff like that. But yeah, it was as long as you didn't understand and that you were just riding accordingly and not not taking any risks or anything. So talking about riding accordingly, not taking any risks. <laughs> Let's just drop back a week to the Northwest 200, <laughs> and what a scintillating performance that was over there. Yeah, it was good. It was obviously good to stand on the podium with two good friends, Dean and, and James, as well. So it was uh, it was a good day to be honest. It was good battle and stuff. And the, it was so frustrating on the Saturday because we were all him and Han about the weather and the conditions and stuff. And the week that we all had was was good. Everybody was going well. Do you know what I mean? James had a had a cracking ride on Saturday and stuff. But we were all sort of praying for that Thursday weather to carry on, and it would have been a, an awesome day's racing. But it just didn't happen. And all in, you must be happy with your Northwest as well. Uh, yeah, what's well, to be honest, yeah, the, the six hundred race went probably better than planned. To be fair, I'd, I'd probably not my strongest of classes at the Northwest. I was looking forward to the big bike class fair, which we qualified well on. Had a good run, but the weather wanted to be on Saturday. Absolutely. And then obviously we fell off the stock bike, which didn't go down very well. Put that down the railway embankment. Uh, that's another sore subject. I, ca- I came round and all I seen was his little head poking out <laughs> over the bank. I was, one, I was wondering what he was doing, <laughs> doing in looking out. But yeah, you were all right. It was just a yeah, little just ball. a stupid. A few. I don't want to bore you with every details, but just is what it is. But the bike wasn't too bad to be fair. The lads repaired it, so it's ready to go. I went testing at Jerby on Wednesday to iron out a lot of issues we had at the Northwest. Just a bit of lack of time in it really. So we've got it singing really so I was looking, forward, was looking forward to getting out on it tonight and see what it went like Was it just carrying too much speed down into university? <laughs> no it, it does it was a throttle connection problem we've got it's right. when, you, when you pick up the throttle we've done like 10 laps of Donington on that bike before turning up at the northwest. and it was so snatchy to start with on the throttle it was something we, we didn't we tried ironing out but you know trying, you don't have enough sessions enough time to do it and Is that mechanical uh, electronics Le- it's all, all electronics on the things now it's, it's just total connection from getting on the, on the gas uh, when being fly by wire and we'd sort of ironed it out at Jerby on Wednesday and got it so it's so much more tractable it's the initial pickup of the throttle it almost just lifted the front as soon as you, sort of, you get to a point of a bit of a stab it'll, it'll come in with a bang and down it went oh, never mind not to worry do you still look back to 12 months ago to that senior TT and think of what might have been uh, no to be honest no, no don't worry me at all I just look forward you can't change seconds. history, can you? That's why you look back in time and look forward. If you, go down, if you go down the road looking behind you, you'll crash. That's true. But it was. I mean, you did. there were a few back markers on that last lap, weren't there? Yeah, again, the, the, like last night, there were, there were back, a load of back markers last night. Every day, there's, everyone's got their own pace. Everyone's learning the course at their own rate. And you've got to respect that and, and sort of admire everyone for having a go, to be honest. Because there's uh, loads of people out there having a go. And there's loads of people sat on the fence with their opinion. And uh, it is what it is. I'm not. I, I'm not worried to be honest. I think it, I, I'm here to have another goal. I'll come back and race new best. If I can get on the top three, on the podium again, I'll be an happy man. I've got two TT wins under my belt as it is, and it's a lot more than thousands and millions of people have ever done. So I'm, I'm happy to be honest. I just 
I'm happy to come and challenge and just be fast. I, I like, I love, I love having a challenge. Like last night I went on last night and I, I was really comfortable. I wasn't doing all stupid, just riding with myself. And I'm, just, I'm happy me when I'm by myself. I can do my own thing by myself and just not worry about anybody else. Like the Northwest, I went out of the Northwest and uh, in the Superbike and I broke the lap record under my own steam. And then Glenn did it using me as a toe afterwards and then put a big thing off. Oh, yeah, I smashed the lap record. I'm ready for Donington and then went and finished 20th. So obviously didn't go down very well. Don't hold back there. <laughs> 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 oh dear, Lee, let's just talk you through your book of rides that you've got this year. It's an all-new team with the Ashcourt Racing team, and it's it's quite a lineup of machinery you've got. Yeah, everything, like I said, Dean's sort of said there about we've been, been doing British Championship and stuff, and the Supersport is the class I've been doing at British Championship, so that's probably the bike I felt most confident on going to the Northwest, and, and likewise my Stalker and stuff, we probably haven't done done so much on that either, but... Yeah, f- I feel good back being back on the BM and obviously the first time on the Yamaha and stuff. That was the first few laps we did last night. And the bike feels feels really good straight away out of the box and stuff. But yeah, I've got a good team, a good team of people around me and some good sponsors and stuff. So building the team over the winter time and everything's been been mega busy. But that's sort of what we we wanted to do and that's what I feel you know happiest at. If you look at obviously teams like Deans and Silicon Racing and Smiths and stuff nowadays, them's the teams that are winning the winning the, all the big races. Obviously the the days of a so-called full factory team are, are gone. Do you know what I mean? You you need sort of more personal-based money to, to buy the things that you need that to, to make you go well and stuff. So, yeah, that's the that's the route we've gone down. And now you've got here to the GT. Are you able to take off the team principal's hat and be a rider? I don't think I'll ever team be principal. wearing a team principal <laughs> hat. That's uh, that's no, that's not me. I'm probably the lowest ranked member in the team as far as things go for that side. Oh, there's but even a dog in the team. Yeah. <laughs> But no, there's there's uh, like I said, there is some good good lads around me and stuff, and everyone gets stuck in, and it showed at the Northwest, you know, straight away. First, that's sort of the first race for the team, and we we did a couple of British Championship meetings and then a couple of fourth places and stuff. So it's good to be back there, and I'm feeling sharp. It's a long time since I did I did any British Championship racing, so um, it's helping. Yeah, Do you find that helps massively doing the British Championship before you come into these big races like the Northwest and the TT. Yeah, definitely. Any chance you get to get a race start is is good because it, you know what I mean. If We've done say five, six race starts before going to the Northwest. So all of a sudden you're sitting on the line and it's your fifth or sixth one in. It's not not the feeling of going, oh, the lights are about to go out. And you know what I mean? It's more and more normal to the brain. And the more times you can repeat repeat something of, of a high level like that, it's it's good. And obviously any class in British Championship, whether it's the three hundred class or whatever, is competitive. So you're going to be racing against good people, and yeah. that's what you want. But the the strange thing Dean was saying about the Northwest, I like racing and British Championship and passing and everything, but. Once I got to the Northwest, all I wanted to do was ride round on my own because I didn't want to get any stone chips on the bike. So, yeah, I spent the whole the whole week riding round on my own, and probably the only person that was in front of me in the race and stuff was Seely for a couple of corners and stuff. But I just wanted to be to be on my own, so you get that in your head for coming here and, and wanting to ride round. And Dean, in the same way as Lee's talking about being regular racing at BSB level. That's what you attributed a lot of your speed increase last year to, was being regularly at BSB level. Yeah, exactly. We've done exactly the same this year, to be honest. And we're doing more later on in this year, more BSBs. And it's just, it's so competitive in the superbike class. It's, you've got your workout before you've even got there. Uh, but no, we're getting better. I had a really bad I had a really bad run at Silverstone, to be honest. I ended up getting knocked off, rolling, running over and all sorts of stuff like that. Then went to Alton and it sort of, we got much better on, much better at Alton. Had some good results there and then... Got run on in the race too, but no, I felt a lot more competitive. I, to be honest, it's. it's who, who, who was it? Ran you off the track in the second race. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's, it's it is what it is. It does help when you get here. To be honest, same with the northwest because it's almost the northwest now is more of a, it's a bit of a, I'm almost a, 
glorified British superbike round, really, just for the, the on-the-road racing. It's, it, it would run well, to be fair. you can't, you got to take it off, even though the weather was so bad. I think Mervyn still did a good job to get all the races out there and put on, put on a fair show, to be honest. So it is good. I do enjoy going to the North West. It's just a bit of a... When you turn up here, because you know you're by yourself, you've got you're on a total different mindset. You've almost got the Northwest the same mindset as, as you do when you turn up at British Superbike round where you come here and you're, you're in your own world. I think, I think the hard thing is too, though, like when you go to the Ulster and it's a bit damp or whatever, you're still kind of keen to have a go because there's nothing really big after that. So whereas if the Northwest was almost a month, like you can afford to go through the yeah, hedge, yeah, you know well, <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to, but that's your mentality, obviously. But it'd be better if each road, like there's probably only three big internationals, so if there was a bigger gap between the three. It would be yeah. it would be better probably racing at the northwest as well when the when the conditions are a bit iffy but we're not that important to make those sort of decisions so that's um, Milky you could sort of pull a bit of string there could you? <laughs> we'll maybe bring Milky back in in just a second actually maybe Phil could just swap with Milky just for for a minute or two we'll keep swapping the headsets around and uh, Dean no lightweight again this year you, you you opted to give that a miss last year and you carried that on this year yeah I, I would like to get one to be honest but. Uh Contractual agreements don't allow that, so unfortunately we'll uh, stick to the 600s and above for the, for the time being. Uh, but no, it's, it does take a bit of attention with the 600. Like for example, last night I did, I went out six laps and I'd have carried on going. Whereas if I'd have had a twin, I'd have had to sacrifice super sport time for 600 time. Whereas now I know my 600 is in a good, reasonable place, so I can sort of uh, park that to bed, depending on how the weather is through the week. And back to the big bike, how different is the 2019 Kawasaki? Uh, as the northwest proved, the stock is quite a bit different, to be honest, because uh, <laughs> we had it pointed down the hedge. Uh, but no, no, it's 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 a better bike, uh, as in engine-wise, chassis-wise is uh, near enough the same, to be fair. So I know that hopefully the handling should be there or thereabouts. But once you add a load of torque to a bike, if you sort of in the, in the setup side of things, it can you can cause problems. So it's one of them things we'll sort of suck it and see through practice week. But I'm I'm not too worried, to be fair. So the issue is going to be getting it handling on the run up to Glen Helen and the run Basically, route through to yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, exactly. Presumably. Loads of little places like that. So we'll see how that goes. But a few laps in, we should we should know where we stand. We've got a couple of bikes to go test, so we'll uh, get his head down from the start. And spin some laps. Absolutely, laps are what it's all about, aren't they, And you have got a lightweight to talk about, a, K- a KMR Kawasaki, no less. That should put you right there, shouldn't it? Yeah, I think I think so. Ryan does an awesome job. Do you know what I mean? And. He, he puts everything into the bike so it's sort of it's the, probably the easiest way to ride a twin at the TT without having to take away from your own team and staff and, and, and time and effort you know what I mean you know that the bike turns up and it's pretty much ready to ready to race bar a few little tweaks and, and the suspension and stuff on a super twin is not as crucial as the big bikes because they're so physical and they need to be pretty much bang on so um, yeah it's the like Dean says it does take away a little bit away from, from the super sport and stuff but hopefully when the, the sessions are split properly and stuff you can actually still get some, some laps there without taking away too much and I guess in terms of last year lots of the leading riders by Wednesday night were saying they were ready to race they'd had that many laps in this year it's going to be a case of every lap's crucial yeah definitely so it depends what way the schedule ends up getting changed. Um, Milky will know all this information, obviously, as he's one of the top bosses here. But it's um, yeah. So obviously, I don't think tonight's schedule will probably change over tomorrow night. It'll just end up being tomorrow night's schedule and stuff. So um, if, you'd, if you'd no, seen no, the tweet, tonight's t- schedule t- is tomorrow. Oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is yeah. Basically, we've got to run on Monday tomorrow. All right, okay. So I think you told you, Milky. No, <laughs> I think tomorrow's about the best day of the week. As we well. can tell yeah, you because it's just good. come through. Tomorrow's schedule will be uh, road closing as usual. Five, four forty-five from Ramsey. Five o'clock from the bungalow. All the rest of the course at six o'clock. 
620 Superbike Superstock and newcomers except for lightweight qualifying right through to 805 when it'll be a sidecar qualifying so it is essentially tonight's schedule carried over to tomorrow so you will be able to get hopefully lots of lap time in on the superbikes perfect and it's given the best weather i think for tomorrow isn't it? yeah it's given a good tomorrow so hopefully fingers crossed get away no hassles with marshals and cars parked in wrong places and stuff like that so yeah we should be uh, hopefully be okay well we've been joined by john and fiona Holden as well, so we'll grab them in a minute and we'll let you tie two guys go. Thank you very much for coming along this evening and we wish you all the very best for TT 2019. Thank you. And Patrick, that brings us on to sidecars. We'll bring in John and Fiona in just a second. So uh, really the sidecars are all about the virtual boys, aren't they? Ben and Tom were just so far ahead and have been now. I think they're unbeaten around the TT course when they finished a race since 2012. Yeah, the, the momentum's definitely with them, but I don't think they're, they're the only ones running out there. I mean, um, John Alden and Tim Reeves got dragged along last year, and they, everybody was under the lap record. Uh, John and Tim both doing the late 117-mile-an-hour laps. Um, I know Birchall's tipped there into the 119, but you can't write any of them boys out. Um, and Dave Molyneux's back, of course. He's, he seems happier than he has been in a long time. He's gone from his own chassis now to an LCR that's proven. Uh, it's proven by all the top boys. Um, so I reckon Molly will be back with a bang. Um, but we'll find out as practice week goes on. He's taken the odd choice, actually, to go start number seven. Um, I haven't had a chance to catch up with him and find out the reason behind that. Um, but he's got the found boys in front of him. They're coming along. And I think it's historic. I think when he first did the TT, I think he might have started. Is that what it was? Yeah, like, his first win might have been from number seven or something. I think there's an historic think, connection there, isn't there, Phil? When, yeah, 1989 was yeah, number seven. Years. Yeah, Thirty years as well, yeah. Is that how you see it, Phil? That it's it, the isn't just the Birchalls this year. There's a lot of other no, in the think, story. Like Patrick said, both John and Tim, you know, the only a fraction off 118 last year. So you know, that's you know, they're both of them are getting quicker and quicker each year. So they're bound to be closing the gap even more this year. I'd say. Obviously, you'd expect the Birchalls to go a bit quicker again, but I don't think you know you can never say they're going to walk away with it because it just doesn't happen. That, that how close John and um, Tim both were last year they're only going to be even more fired up to bridge that gap shall we say and like Patrick said Molly's got the LCR haven't spoken to him at the launch he's you know he's chosen it for a reason and he, he's pretty clear in his mind what he thinks what gains he can get with the LCR compared to his old DMR so um, I think we're going to see a different Dave Molyneux this year yeah, for definite well, a lot of that I was speaking to him and he's saying it's the first time in years that he's enjoyed riding again like really enjoyed riding so a happy Dave's a fast Dave so uh, you can never write him off yeah, I think as well, if he's not tinkering around like he has been over the last few years, he can just concentrate on his driving now as well, can't yeah, he? Yeah, well, so. he, it's a bit of a strange one, that, because you would thought he'd go straight down the LCR route, get the same setup, wheelbase, but he's, he has altered a few things to go, so it is a little bit of an unknown. Um, I know he's moved his sidecar wheel quite dramatically from a standard LCR, and he's gone for his own style shape fairing, so... There is a few unknowns with that. He's, it's Dave Molyneux, it's what he does. He, he does his own thing. Um, but no, time will tell with Dave. Or maybe marrying a bit of his own DMR technology with an LCR technology could be the perfect hybrid, if you like. It could be. Um, whether I'd have gone down that route, I'm not quite so sure. Um, I mean, both John and Tim have proven that it's not just the Birchalls, it's the bike and everything else. It, it's a package that works. Um, so we'll just see with mm. him. Let's bring them all in. Good evening, John Holden. Good evening. Good evening, Fiona Baker Holden. Good evening. And good evening, Lee Kane. How are we doing there? <laughs> all right, good, good. And John, you must have been listening to that quite engrossed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I agree with Patrick. I think if we talk about Dave, 17 TT wins is like 
he knows what what he wants over here, and he's probably he probably just changed the LCR just to suit himself a little bit. Um, over here, it's you need to carry some good speed through the lefts and that. And I think Dave will have had that in his in his mindset of how to just set set the bike up. The LCR on a short circuit, you might you might do one left in a full meeting uh, in, a, in a full lap. Whereas I think he's he's probably got that in his head that I need to carry the left speed, particularly after following the LCRs and seeing what they're doing. But uh, with, with his track record, though, you you know he's he's capable of building race winning machineries. Yeah. He's he knows what he needs um, for himself, and if he feels that that is going to give him an advantage, he'll he'll do it and give it a try. And Lee, a little bit of a spill at Ulton Park, but you're okay. Yeah, a bit bad and bruised, but you might see me hobbling around. But I'm I'm perfectly fine when I'm on the bike, and I'm happy and comfortable. So all set for it. Yeah, looking forward to it. You know, it's it's been a long winter for John, and I know how much work he's put into it. You know, John and the whole team. So to come out two weeks ago and have a bit of a setback was a bit of a worry, but it's uh, it's nice to be here because you couldn't. Well, myself personally, I can't be in a better team. Uh, everything that we've got from Australian Barnes and Clarissa, even from Silicon Engineering, they, they give us everything. And you know, John lives and breathes sidecars. Every time I ring him, he doesn't answer his phone because he doesn't get reception in the garage. So, you know, when he doesn't answer, I know he's working, and he never answers. So, it's <laughs> it still must almost be you know a shock to you that you're suddenly on a TT podium ride, in, you know, a couple of years ago, and bang, it all happened at once. Yeah, I've been fortunate since 2010. I was always offered a, a good ride, uh, but I stuck with where I was and I enjoyed the racing that I did back then. And I'm glad that when I moved on, I had the option to go with John, and I, I definitely made the right choice out of where I went. And I'm not looking back. Everything I do, I enjoy, and you know, it's it's a dream come true, really. You know, I've enjoyed everything we've done around the TT. It's just leagues apart from where I was and it's just you know we just have to go faster that's that's the top and bottom of it and every time we speak to you John you, you credit Lee with a lot of the success he's, he's oh, yeah. added a lot to the, the combination yeah he's he's fantastic he underrates himself all the time he just he can just caught with anything I throw at him literally and uh, no I just wouldn't want to be with anybody else you know when there were a chance that Lee uh, wasn't going to be fit for the TT this year like my world just collapsed, didn't it? Because if you look out there now, all the passengers capable of doing the 118, 19, 20 mile an hour laps, there just isn't anybody. There's one sat across the road from me, but across the table, but he's, he's not riding at the moment. But there just isn't. There, and that's not taking anything... That's not taking anything away from the from any other passengers, you know. That is not going just as quick. It's just they just haven't had the opportunity to do that, do that and get up to speed. So it's... And anybody that's off... You know, able to do that are all taken. So it, it, I was in a real. It is difficult because there is a real shortage of passengers at the minute. Um, like John will tell you, there, there isn't that many about and that can do them speeds. I mean, Lee will tell you how hard it is to do that. I mean, it's it's incredibly physical. Um, what the Birchalls did last year, and and Lee, and then Mark Wilkes with them back of the Tim to go past that 117 mark. It's physically physical and mentally tough. In that sense, with Dave Molyneux taking on a, a relatively new passenger to that kind of level of competition on the TT course, that's another element to throw into the mix. It is, yeah, but Harry's more than capable. I mean, he did it a few years ago when he got uh, Ben Binz on in 2015. 2015. 2015, yeah. he took Ben Binz on and everybody wrote Binzy off. Um, he was a fantastic passenger, absolute 
smashing guy and everybody said oh no he's not going to be able to go in from what he was doing to do 116 there was very very few people that actually gave him a chance of doing it and he went in and they walked away with a lap record and like a few seconds off the off the race win how many sidecar drivers do you think there are out there who reckon they can get to a sub 19 minute pace which is what they're going to have to do to get to the virtuals they're all getting quicker look at Pete Founds. Pete Founds is currently riding the British Championship and he's he's not just beating lap records, he's obliterating them. There's like seconds knocking off every single circuit he's going to in the British Championship. The Alan Founds with uh, Young Jet Lowther on, they're, they're all real quick lads and if they can get a bit of a toe in a practice and get towed on just find little bits then they're all they're all getting there. And like Birchall's pulled John along the last few years and like, I remember an interview with John, he was saying, what do I have to do to beat you? It's just, they always just seem to pull that little bit more. But um, no, there's, there's plenty of guys out there that'll be able to do that, that um, sort of time. I think as well, maybe, I'm not saying they're going to do it this year, but and John will know them far better than what I do, but um, your teammates, Lewis and Patrick, you know, the two young lads in the 20s, I think it's their fourth year this year, you know, and they've already come fourth and fifth in the last two years. And I think for me personally, they're definitely, dark horses for the podium this year because I think they've definitely got the potential to you know they ages on their side and like you said about the passenger not many passengers can do speeds I think Dave Molyneux said to me like passengers now you need young fit athletes yeah. basically to be a passenger to do the speeds and for me personally I think those two are, like I say maybe not this year but for the future I think they've got it got what it takes I'd, I'd agree Lewis and Paddy they fortunately they've got some help from my sponsors you know Clarissa said if there's any young lads out there that you think are able to come up to the to the bar you know we'll we'll bring them along and they've come along and uh, I need to be looking just where they are because <laughs> they are good and uh, they'll just like you said it, it might not be this year who knows they've they've got some good engines we know that and uh, they've got my not last year's chassis the chassis be, had before and it's all set up and they've got the information and and they've been going well as you know, Anglesey and that this year they were they were flying on that little bike. So young lads, they're confident. They they just it just needs to come together for them. And if they don't if they don't push it and and not try too hard, it'll just fall into the lap and they could be on the podium. And how good would that would be for SBR? Be that was both on the podium. How much technical hold do you give them? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no advice. <laughs> No, no. I, I, to be fair, I was joking, but I don't, I don't share a lot with them. You know, and they're, they're not stupid. They've, they've, they've got all they're the fast on the, on the world championship bike as yeah, well. They're, definitely, they're, yeah. They are. They've got. They've got it in the blood, though. They're, he's actually the nephew of uh, Dave, Dave Oldham, yeah. um, who's a sidecar legend. He's, grandson, actually. Is it the grandson? Sorry. Grandson, yeah. Yeah, he's the grandson of Dave Holden, so, so it's it's in his it's in his blood. But he's, they've been in round paddock since they were in nappies. So you know, Lewis is. It's in his, like you say, in his blood. He's he's here for the for the long haul, and he, he'll be on the top step before we know where we are. Very family oriented the sidecars. We saw Nick Crow's members yep. always going out yesterday. Did they come to you for any help, Lee, at all? Yeah, well, I look after the sidecar passengers, so I spent the winter taking Callum out, and you know they they're good lads. They're going to go well. They know to just come, just ride around, enjoy it, and they they're going to have a good TT. They just need to enjoy the first one and push on maybe next year but they're fast you know there's no denying it when you see them on the short circuits they're doing real well so 
yeah, they're, they're going to enjoy themselves. They're definitely in the lines for the best newcomer award and uh, another start number 44, but that's qualifying, so we'll see where they start come race day once they've had qualifying and set their race position. It's quite funny, my, my son started sidecar racing and he said, Dad, I'm going to have the same trouble with, with uh, young crawl lads if you've got with Ben and Tom. He said, as soon as I get to the TT, they're going to be the ones to beat and I'm going to be chasing them all the time. <laughs> it's generational, isn't it, Phil? We do need more crews coming to the front in the sidecars, I think. Yeah, of course we do. I mean, sidecar racing has been part of the TT well, permanently since 1954 and obviously prior to that in the 20s as well. So sidecars part and parcel of the TT, you know, I've been brought up and since I was a kid going to bike racing and you know I'm going back to like the Jock Taylor area it was always part of the British Championship so it's always been in motorcycle racing that I know so for me it's still vitally important that it's part of the TT as well so 44 outfits on the grid this year we seem to be around that kind of mid to high 40s at the moment if we could get a few more of the uh, coming over it'd be absolutely fantastic we've got full grids back at British Championship level um, you know what needs to be done to entice a few more over it's not necessarily for me to say but um, yeah if you just get like a just 10 more something like that so but at the end of the day they might not have necessarily the numbers but the quality is there right the way through the field as well you know you've got this spread of speeds is you know it's pretty pretty good everyone's doing you know but it's a lot sort of, there's no one going around at the back kind of at the 90 mile an hour shall we say sort of thing and stuff you know there's just you know you've got Australian guys coming over like Mick Holton doing 108 mile an hour things like that you know so quality's there without a shadow of a doubt Absolutely Patrick it must be difficult for sidecar crews and we'll talk to John about this in a second because whereas we've just heard Lee and Dean talking a lot about the North West 200 and the Ulster Grand Prix these guys are putting a road race team together for one road race well apart from the 700 potentially yeah, but like Lee was saying, though, the days of the big factory teams are now over for the superbikes. It's and it's it's the same. It's like being like the sidecars for years. They've all been like smaller teams, and to try and entice them over to come and do the TT. Um, like Phil, I don't know what needs to be done, um, but they have got full grids, and there's a, there is a lot of competition. The top. The top fifteen, pretty competitive in sidecar class at the minute. Like very competitive, so should be good still a big commitment though isn't it to run the bigger bike and run the circuits in the UK and have a 600 just for here yeah I mean we're in a fortunate position with our sponsors um, without them there'd be no way I could run both bikes it's just too much of an ask so there's very few of us run run two bikes but just going back to uh, getting people over here it's quite expensive for, for lads just give time up off work and, and the commitment with the uh, equ equipment and, and that they just it's a big ask but when I were younger all I ever wanted to do were come here now whether whether the younger people younger riders and that it's on the radar the same I don't know yeah absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's where it is with the cycles isn't it yeah. all the top boys talk about it as being bigger than the world championship to them yeah. the TT coming here is your main focus of the whole year and the virtuals will say exactly the same whether or not youngsters coming through would have the same approach Lee we'll have to, we'll have to see over future years I guess yeah, it's just, like you say, it's all down to cost. The the cost is astronomical for a competitive sidecar these days. You're talking real big money, you know. You're talking buy a house, put a mortgage down, or go buy a sidecar and go racing. And, you know, you, you can understand why people don't do it. And it is that sort of money. 
Our number one, Andy Laidlaw, came to the TET with Patrick on the side, and I think he sold his house and lived in the bus. <laughs> <laughs> he did, but he, and, uh, Andy was a one-off. I don't think there's many people. I don't think there's many guys that have wives that allow him to do that. Um, but no, Andy was a one-off. It's, that, that was the exception. Um, that was allowing him to go World Championship Racing and do the TT. We'll just bring Fiona in, actually, since she's just spoken. We'll just see. Obviously, we had the spill in the first TT sidecar race last year, and uh, we're still coming to from that, obviously. But we, you were here at the 700, you're back here at TT, and, and things are looking a lot better. Yeah, we uh, we just got out of hospital in time for the 700, so that was quite nice. I don't know where I was, really. But and we've made a lot of progress in these last 12 months. Um, from going down the road, trying to work out where we're going to overtake Lewis and Paddy, in their first race to next thing seeing hospital curtains <laughs> a lot's happened since then so um but now we've got a lot of help behind me in, in getting well again and, and tony's making good progress he's going for another operation next week so he's 12 months behind but he's still looking to go racing us again hopefully yeah. and john that didn't really you, you, last year's tt for you meant worrying about where fiona was and, and tony yeah, I meant it. I don't was, know how you did. No, I, I don't really. They, they helped by saying it was injuries. soft tissue injuries. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, so I thought it's not to be the bark <laughs> off here and there, so it should be fine. But we if I'd have really thought about it, they crashed at 130 mile an hour, and you don't do that at the TT without hurting yourself, really. Or you're very, very lucky. So um, they, they stopped the race, and, and I asked the marshals up at, at the bungalow, just, you know, who is it? And they were a bit sheepish and they said it's Fiona and Tony. So, anyhow, I asked if I could come back and, and soon and they wouldn't let me. Anyhow, I come back here and uh, they, they said, it's soft tissue and you'll be all right. So away we went again. And then uh, I just did the, the presentation and off down to the hospital in my leathers and that. And there she was, just properly beat up. Out of it for a fortnight. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, oh, she'll be all right. So then... The week went on and then uh, Fee got flown uh, to Walton Centre and they did a fantastic job, thank you. And uh, then we had to race again on, on, on the Friday, which was equally as hard because I knew then that she'd broken her neck and tore all the nerves out of her arm and she was in a mess, weren't you, really? Didn't you had know whether, to zip your seat up, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know whether she'd uh, broken her foot. and So she was she was beat up with a girl, do you know what I mean? And her dad's done his... Uh, Femur, and uh, so it, it was real tough setting off again, and and then when I went went through Sky Hill, where you know what I mean, I'm sort of half looking at, to see where I could see where they'd gone, and, and, and do you know what I mean? And I just thought, come on, you just need to concentrate on this and just get on with the job in hand. So so we did, and it it were, it were great, and we did best times I've ever done. So 19 mile an hour lap. Yeah. So so that were all right, and then. Uh, it was tough, weren't it, Fee? But just you know. think of what you're capable of when there's no pressure on. Yeah, and so we've, we have tried to improve things for this year and a few more guns in the armoury and one thing and another. So uh, hopefully we'll give them a good run, the little virtuals. <laughs> well, we were speaking off air, and we were saying you're, you've probably, of their streaks since 2013, you're the person that's finished runner-up to them the most times, I think. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> but this time... It's well, not about them having an issue with the new bike or anything. You think, on no, genuine no, pace, no, you can get there. I, I would hate to. I think I'd hate to, uh, I'd hate to uh, 
get a, a, a top step and it just be down to somebody's demise. You know what I mean? I, I want to do it off my own bat and that, that would be great to, to stand there and, and not win a TT without somebody else's misfortune. And, and if I can do that, I'd be a happy man. So who knows? Well, Phil's just leaving us. We'll thank Phil for his time this afternoon and uh, put Lee back on. And, and, and the same with you, Lee. You, you genuinely think you can just get to the virtuals on pure performance? Yeah, like John says, we've. Well, John has. I've, I'm a Nyala man, so I don't really have anything to do with building the bikes. But I know what's gone in behind the closed doors, and I know what we've got there. And there's no reason why we can't push on. You know, every year we've gone faster. Everywhere we ride, we go faster. Uh, so hopefully we can bring that here. It's you know it's not going to be easy, and we've got to use our heads and ride smart. I've got to really do my job properly and put a bit of pain aside that I'm in. But it's no problem when I'm on the bike and just you know track time's going to be a big issue this week. So we've just got to make the best of everything that we've got. Really think smart, and it should should come together. There's no reason why we can't give them a good run for the money and. I, one of the best feelings I had I've raced for a long time was stand, it sounds awful but standing above Molyneux on the podium you know you've looked up to him for so long and to beat him in a fair race two years ago was just fantastic and if I win a TT race I want to beat the best so I want people say to me oh it'd be good if Ben and Tom break down you'll get the win I'm like well no not really you know if you're going to beat be the best you've got to beat the best and they are the best so you've got to you've got to beat them sure. and really give it yeah, um, the the virtuals are the best at the minute, but you can't write anybody off. I mean, 117.7 you did. Nine. 117.9, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, just shy of 118 mile an hour. I mean, it's not far off 119 what they're doing, but you, you know for a fact they've gone away and they've done their homework over the winter and they're going to come back with something different again to just try and edge that little bit more. I think they've got one on the 120 mile an hour lap. Um, so you that's know that's what you've got to do. 7.2 seconds off it. 7.2, is that that's it? That's all they need to find. Our, yeah. In our favour is we're setting off number two. They'll go and I'll be like a scolded cat after them. And I'm usually quite good the first lap. I'm usually quite good to Ramsey. So, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, that's in my, um, I don't know. So if you get onto the Silby Strait and you see a glimpse of them at the far end of the straight, you'll be... That'll just spur you on. Well, I, I just know I'll, I'll go into Quarterbridge like a madman. And then I'll, I'll turn right there and then I'll see them disappearing in, into Braddon there. And, uh, yeah, game on. That's what it's all about, isn't it, Patrick? You'll know more than anyone. Yeah, just chasing your man down. That's It's, it's against the clock. Just go out, chase your man down. And, and you can always see him. Where, where's the last point where you can see him when you set off? You can normally see him coming out of Union Mills. And then if you, you see him... You can just see him dipping around that... That, just before uh, Balasqueri, you can see him just go over the crest there. If yeah, you, if you, if you can see time. him there, you know that you're making a bit of time up, and that's when you start edging them in. So and you get an indication within the first three miles. Yeah, and then you won't see see much of them until you get onto Cronknavody. And if you can see them before they disappear around the right hand and at Cronknavody, then so when you get into the Glen Ellen section, you really need to do a good job of that and we're and work hard at that to. Uh, we're fast through there, so you know it's 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 good. Is that an area that is that is there a particular part of the course that you have as your favourite as a passenger? Uh, I love Black Dub. Uh, that's where Ben and Tom had a bit of an accident the other year. But when you go through there as a passenger, you work the left. You just relax and the bike moves underneath you. 
and you end up over the back of John's back and working the right hand. And when you get that right, it puts a smile on your face because it's it's fast. And to get it right is it takes time. And then yeah, it's a real nice corner. We lose, we lose time over the mountain. I don't know whether it's the size of weight of us or whatever compared to Ben and Tom. So, um, and round the left and that, we've worked hard on our bike to get it to carry the speed round the left, like probably what Dave's done. Um, so, I think I think we're better at that. So, that's the area that we need to concentrate on to to get over that hill quicker. You know what I mean? So, we we know where we're weaker and we know what we need to do and whether we can do it or not, because they are brilliant lads out there. They all are. So, But that know. top step of the podium is, is right there within grasp again, isn't it? It's it's somewhere near again, yeah, and you get what you're given over here, don't you? I mean, you can best plans and put as much work in as you as you want, but you only get what you're given, and you could go a mile down the road and it just stop. <laughs> I think around this point, you've just got to be grateful what you get. If you, yeah. you go home at the end of the fortnight and if you bagged a couple of podiums you've got to be happy with that it, it, the TT is what it is it's it's the man on the day and the machine and Birchall's have been the men for the last few years um, so they're the man with the targets on the back but there's plenty of guys following that uh, will be able to get there I think that's a pretty good spot to leave it on actually to be honest everybody's got ambition at this point in the week that's for sure we thank John thank Fiona and Lee for all giving up their time Fiona in particular because we stopped her from doing a run to the local supermarket <laughs> to buy biscuits to say thank you to the marshals and physios and people so we'll let her escape to do that and uh, we know she's got a lot of thank yous to hand out for, for, for last year but uh, we wish you all the best with your TT 2019 campaign and Patrick, that'll pretty much wrap up this first edition of Attention Palette. That was supposed to be half an hour. We've been going for 50-odd minutes. So um, in terms of where we are for the whole week, we'll let the guys escape. Um, we just want to get the bikes and the sidecars on track, don't we? Yeah, you've got to feel for the uh, for the guys organising because the weather ahead, it, it looks pretty terrible, to be honest, until you get to race week. Tomorrow's the best day that we've got. Wednesday looks pretty much wrote off, so... Like I said, they have got them contingency plans for the Thursday and the Friday morning. I think they're going to have to come in effect to just get the guys out and get the the, the lap time sorted. We were we were pretty spoiled last year with the weather. Um, I remember 2016 was a particularly good year as well for the weather. It's, that that's when the lap time. We're in started. that pattern, aren't we? 2016 was a superb year, and it was a record-breaking year. Nearly every record went. 2017 wasn't so great. It was a bit like this year. Last year was you know all-time great weather and then this year it looks like we've started a little bit iffily again so a bit of a rotation going on it is yeah um but it, it is what it is it's manx weather it's not just the weather around it is a manx weather you can you'd never tell um but the organizers do a fantastic job just to get everybody out there when they can um but it's not just that it's the marshals it's the whole organization of it they don't want to mess the marshals about get them all in place and then call it off so um they're pretty good with the weather and do call things pretty early early enough to to sort of not mess everybody around and then they're good at reorganising the schedule. As they did this afternoon, unfortunately, they had to call this practice session off this afternoon, the Monday practice session here at TT 2019, which means we move on to tomorrow. It'll be tonight's schedule put in place for tomorrow. So the superbikes, the superstocks and the super sports will be out from 6.20 uh, or so through until just after 8 o'clock and then we'll get the sidecars on track hopefully just after 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Patrick Ferrance, it's great to have you on board and you're joining the team as the sidecar expert right through TT 2019. So we'll hear lots from you over the next couple of weeks. Welcome and thank you for your input. 
input tonight. No problem, thank you very much. And I think uh, probably uh, what was supposed to be a half-hour attention paddock show, we've managed to get out to about 50-odd minutes there. My thanks to Phil Wayne, Milky Quail, Chris Palmer, Lee Johnston, Dean Harrison, John Holden, Lee Kane and Fiona Baker Holden, all of whom came in. That's been a fantastic way. Hopefully it's filled you in a little bit on what we've got coming up at TT 2019 and made up a little bit for the lack of practice tonight. We will be back on air. Well, TT, Isle of Man TT Radio stays on air right the way through the festival now. We will be back from here with Attention Paddock tomorrow night at 5.30, building up to tomorrow night's practice session at 6 o'clock. So do join us then. This has been Attention Paddock, brought to you by RL360. And for now, from the TT Grandstand, good evening. Attention Paddock Preview Show, powered by RST.